Afloat with Henry Morgan. Afloat with Henry Morgan, written for radio by Warren Barry and a George Edwards production. Dolores, masquerading as Sir Thomas's kinswoman, Antoinette de Lacy, induces Geoffrey Hunter to fall in love with her, so that he will tell her Henry Morgan's immediate plans. He tells her that Morgan intends raiding a town on the Nicaraguan coast and is only awaiting official particulars before sailing. Dolores realizes that the time is running short, so she contacts Diaz to impress upon him the urgency of stealing the Aztec necklet. When Diaz learns that Jeffrey is the only one who knows of the hiding place of the necklet, he vows that it will be upon Jeffrey that Morgan's wrath will fall. I care not what Morgan thinks or whom he trusts. All I want is the Aztec necklace and to trap Henry Morgan. Yeah, I could not have any idea just how much it means to me to know that Hunter will get the blame of taking the necklace. No matter how much he protests innocence, Morgan will never believe him. And uh, when I uh, disappear and go back to Cuba, Morgan, knowing how friendly I have become with Hunter, will have his suspicion turned to certainty. But Morgan might get the news for which he is waiting at the moment. We have not got much time. Uh, but how to find the, the hiding place? Uh, couldn't you get Hunter to tell you? No. He has told me all I have learned without realizing it. But if I should question him about the Aztec necklace, he would notice my interest, and that is something I do want. How is it that you have got Hunter to tell you so much? <laughs> that is too simple. You men are all such fools. A woman, she gets demure and helpless, appeals to a man for his aid, and soon she has a man at her feet. You have got Hunter in love with you? If I expressed the wish, he would swim to Cuba for me. How his sincerity sickens me. How at times I long to break away from the demure role of Antoinette de Lacy I am playing and laugh in his stupid face. He was so stupid. How I hate stupid men. And it was all so simple. I'm not interested in your feelings for him. All that interests me is his feelings for you. So he is in love with you, eh? (laughs) Well... That pleases me very much. How can that concern you? Have you forgotten the reasons I gave you for my hating hunter? He took from you the place you had aboard the ship. And he took from me the woman I want. And now he's in love with you. This woman, she will not like that. She will be mad with jealousy. The woman you want to take back to Cuba with you. Yes. But when she knows about you and Hunter, it will be so very much easier. How will you get her to believe in it? I will tell her. You are not clever. You are like all men. Do you think she will believe that? Then you must help me. Tell me, when will Hunter be coming here? I don't know. He is busy provisioning the ship, as you well know. Uh, the next time you are expecting him, you send word for me. So? And when he comes here, take him out into the garden. Make sure he makes love to you. That'll be sufficient. <laughs> I think I understand. <laughs> yes, that is simple enough. Good. And now to talk more of the Aztec necklace. Have you any ideas to how we can discover the hiding place? Is there no chance of you finding out from Hunter? None at all. Is the Aztec necklace the only thing of value that Captain Morgan keeps aboard his ship? Oh, no. He keeps in the same hiding place all the jewels and gems that he values most. You have seen this section? Yes, some of it, yes. Tell me what you have it. He has rubies of the finest quality and sapphire, the most beautiful sapphire you ever see. As big as an egg. 
It is as clear and as blue as it could possibly be. I see. It is said there is not another one so perfect in the whole world. You have an idea, Diak. Do you know of a gem worker who is not too honest, but is an expert at making imitation gems? Oh. Yeah, there is one. An Arab. He has a small shop at the dockside. His name is Amula. He has done me services in the past. This sapphire, you can remember it? Oh, having once seen it, I can never forget it. Oh, then go to this Amula. Ask him to make a replica of the stone. Money doesn't matter. Pay as much as he wants. But tell him he must hurry. That very what purpose. Would not Captain Morgan be interested to know there is another gem exactly like the one he prizes so much? Yes, of course. Then when the sapphire is made, you will go to Hunter. Not to Morgan, but to Hunter. You will tell him that you have found a sapphire which is exactly the same as the one Captain Morgan has. Give it to Hunter. Why? He will take it to Morgan. And if it is an excellent imitation, Morgan will grow suspicious that perhaps his stone might be missing. He will go in Hunter's presence to the hiding place to either see if it is there or to compare it. Surely there must be some way in which you can spy into the cabin and watch where he goes. If I can get Morgan out of the cabin between the time I give Hunter the stone and he finds Morgan, I can perhaps hide in one of the chairs. Then do that. Go at once to this gem maker and commission him to make the sapphire. And you'll not forget to let me know the next time Hunter comes here. I will send a message to you in some way. You've got time to talk to me, eh, Kitty? Don't you come worrying me tonight, dears. I'm not in the mood for the likes of you. Maybe you're really worried, eh? Maybe you're not see Jeffrey Hunter for a little time, eh? You get about your business before I lay you cold with this pewter mug. I want none of your drunken boastfulness about me. I don't boast. Everything I say be true. And look at all these men here tonight. All their lives, they'll be buccaneers. But dear, he is different. He will soon be great man. Yeah, see. Maybe then you'll be pleased to have Piat's take notice of you, eh? But of course, when that happens, you'll have no choice because Kitty, you'll be with me. You'll not be in this tavern, no. Now you'll be a long way away. I'll be glad for you. I tell you, you will come to me eventually, and you will see that, Sonny, you have no choice. What have you got hatching in that cunning brain of yours? You come and tell me quickly. You have not seen Hunter in a long while, eh? He has not been near you. And I tell you why he's not been to see you. He has found someone else. That's a filthy lie. I don't believe you. Then where's he been his last few nights? He went out of town to Sir Thomas's plantation. That was only for one night. What about since he came back, eh? Well, I'll tell you where he's been. He has been in the warm embraces of Antoinette de Lacy. Oh, take that for your lion. <laughs> you will be sorry for doing that. But it will wait until you are away from here with me and there's no one to come to your aid. And Hunter's worthless body has been thrown into the harbor with a knife in his back. You lie, Diaz, you lie. Do you think I don't know what's happening to the flying girl and why there's no one here from the ship tonight? Do you think I don't know that they're busy loading provisions and that's why Jeffrey Hunter can't come? Because he's working, working the same as you should be. Get out of this cabin, do you hear me? Get out before I lay your skull open with this pewter mug and start another brawl. Go and get your face out of here. I don't want to see you again. Through the alcoholic fumes which are clouding his mind, Diaz fears perhaps he has already said too much. And to look at Kitty with her green eyes blazing and all color drained from her face warns him that she has every intention of carrying out her threat. Confident of his ultimate triumph, he lets a faint echo of laughter fall from his lips. He 
swaggers arrogantly from the tavern. For a moment, Kitty stands tense, looking at the doors which swing after allowing him to pass. Then suddenly the insinuations he has said seep back over her mind. Her every instinct flashes a warning of danger. Danger. Danger to me and to Geoffrey. Geoffrey, I... I know Dietz was lying. Geoffrey's working hard on the ship, and that's why he's not been. But is he working hard on the ship? What if he is with Antoinette de Lacy? He's never said he loved you, Kitty. But he must, because I love him so much. But a doubt lingers in her mind. There is only one way its voice can be stilled. Snatching a shawl, she throws it over her head and lets the door swing shut behind her. Never giving a thought to a fresh punishment for leaving her post, knowing only that the voice of doubt must be stilled. The quayside and the flying gull show a strange and almost unreal scene. Many braziers send long yellow flames high, making a circle of flickering light in the darkness of the night. On the quayside is a decreasing jumble of provisions. A keg of salted meat rubs against a barrel of dry biscuits. But bags of flour lie distractedly like limp and drunken men amongst kegs of gunpowder and cannonballs. And over from the ship comes a line of men, like ants, to sort their load from the jungle. And with shoulders laden down, track back into single line to the ship. The air is full of men's voices, curses and oaths. Unreal as it all looks in the strange yellowing flickering light, Kitty pauses on the fringe, accustoming her eyes to the new light, and seeking for a familiar figure who stands at the foot of the gangplank. Geoffrey! Geoffrey! Kitty, what in the name of creation are you doing there? Matthew, take over my tally sheet. Thank you. Keep, see the men are kept moving. Kitty, what are you doing? I had to come. Please forgive me, Geoffrey, but I have not seen you for so long. Take a look about you, Kitty. See the work that has to be done. Well, I knew that was what was detaining you, but, but that isn't the only reason why I've come. There's trouble brewing, and I'm afeard. What are you frightened of? It's Diaz. Tonight he came to see me and he said some vile things about you. Things I knew which couldn't be true. What sort of things? About your being in love with Antoinette de Lacy, but I won't believe it. But that was not all he said. Oh. What else? Oh, Jeffrey, I think he's planning something which involves you and me. Something which might destroy us both. He's so boastful. Is he now? Well, Kitty, I can't stay and talk. You understand I have a job to do. I will come to the tavern and see you as soon as I can get a moment to spare. You know I'll be waiting for you. No. You're in a long before your absence is discovered. Here comes Captain Morgan. All right, Jeffrey. And I'll be waiting for you. You've done a good job, Hunter. I think we'll be loaded by morning, Captain Morgan. Oh, no, don't go back to tallying. I have news for you. I heard word tonight as to where that treasure mule train is going, the name of the town it's going to be at, and how long it's going to be there. I can tell you the full particulars of the expedition now, so you'd better come on board. So Geoffrey is about to learn the full details of the expedition. Will he be foolish enough to repeat them to Delores? Listen to the next episode of Afloat with Henry Morgan. Henry Morgan.